This is part two in our series on overcoming emotional eating. And today we're going to dig into the emotions part of emotional eating. Emotions don't have to control you in any area. And you know, that includes your eating. It's important that we deal with the emotions that are driving us to reach for food so often and so mindlessly, right? So if you want some help to overcome emotional eating and get some ways of dealing with it very effectively, well, stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Hello to my sisters. Okay, so a big reason that we regularly overeat, it's that we're not eating due to physical hunger, but for something else, for some other reason. And that something else, that can cover a lot of things. But today we're gonna talk specifically about when feelings or emotions are the true driving force behind wanting to eat. Emotions, good or bad, they affect our eating habits for good or bad. And that's really, it's so common to almost everyone. And it's not necessarily something that needs correction all the time. It's not wrong to celebrate with food. It's not wrong to be enjoying comforting food one night for dinner after a really rough day. It's not wrong to feel the full enjoyment of something that God created to be enjoyed. So let's keep that in mind as we're walking through this. Just because there's emotion connected to the eating, it doesn't necessarily make that something that needs dealing with or correcting. But for many of us, we really live a life of regularly overeating, and that leads to other problems. And we're often overeating because we're experiencing certain emotions. Sometimes we want to avoid feeling these emotions. Sometimes we want to soothe them. You know, other times we're just driven to food because we can't even figure out what we're feeling. Um, and that happens. As I look back over my years, I can see now that this was probably one of my very biggest issues with food. If I was able to just nail it down and, and you know, hone in, I think emotional eating was really the crux of the problem, aside from a diet mentality, which I talk about in other podcasts and I will certainly be talking about in the future. But in my case, this chronic overuse of food as a substitute for peace, well, that led to a very disordered relationship with food and with my body. And perhaps you relate to that. And I don't want to leave you with the impression that I don't deal with that to any degree now. That wouldn't be true at all. I have had so much growth and victory in this area, but I can find I very easily can slip back into that. And next week, I'll talk about that a little bit more. And perhaps you can relate to all of this as well. As you know, I do not promote or support restrictive weight loss diets. I just don't. I think they cause far more damage in the long run than any help they offer. I, they don't work. Uh, they're not sustainable. I'll go to the mat on that one. 
but this doesn't mean I'm not in support of feeding your body healthfully. I am, I absolutely am. But just slapping some food rules and restrictive eating laws on people, that rarely lasts over time. If you need evidence, just think about your own history, right? Now, part of the reason for this is because there's an underlying reason that people are eating more than their body physically needs or even wants. There's something else perpetually driving them to turn to food. And this underlying reason, that's what we want to help if we want lasting change and we want to escape that continual overeating and continual emotional eating. Rules and external laws that we make, that's not going to reach those heart issues and that underlying reason. So today we're going to discuss what to do when feelings are driving you to food. And you'll look at your own heart and your own mind and your own actions to see whether this is working for you personally. Throughout this series, I'm referring to a tool I'm calling the Guide Through Emotional Eating. And so you'll want to download your free copy at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating, or use the link in the show notes. That could be much easier than trying to spell my name. Last week, we dealt with motives and triggers and what those are, how to identify them, and the corresponding areas on that guide. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, you'll want to go back and listen to it. It's podcast number 40. Now, how we're using this tool, this guide through emotional eating, is by pulling it out whenever we feel that desire for food and working through it. This is a digital fillable document. So although it only has space for three different eating occasions, you can reuse it as often as you want. You might even want to print it out and have several copies available wherever you are. Keep them in the kitchen with a pencil or at your work desk. So it's always readily available in those moments. Okay, are you ready to get started? Here we go. So just like we discussed last week, whenever you feel a desire to eat, you want to initially do these two things. One, look for physical hunger cues. Do you feel those sensations of hunger? We talked about some of those in last week's podcast number 40. If you do, then guess what? Eat. Eat with thanksgiving to God and enjoy the food he's given you fully. But if no, if you're not sensing those physical hunger cues, then what you want to do is stop. Just stop and take 10 minutes to do a quick self-evaluation and work through the guide. Again, as I mentioned last week, this disrupts that habit of mindless eating. Okay, so once you've done that preliminary stuff, now it's time to look more deeply at what's behind the desire to eat. Now this takes practice and you will get better as you continue to use the guide through emotional eating and evaluate what's going on. You're not gonna do it perfectly and you may never do it perfectly and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. We're looking at overall patterns here. So we're gonna look more deeply at what's behind the desire to eat after this quick break. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. 
Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind-the-scenes sneak peeks of the online program that's coming out in a few months or updates or any free resource. Well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. Today, we are focusing on the actual emotions of emotional eating. We're going to break down into four steps how to deal with your underlying feelings and emotions. Again, that guide, that free guide you can download, that has sections in it to be writing down your answers, but the order's different on the guide than in the way I'm presenting it in this series. It also has some other prompts that go beyond the podcast as well. All right, so let's go through our four steps, how to deal with our underlying emotions, and step one. Now, while this is challenging, I really cannot emphasize enough how valuable this is. It's to ask yourself and discover the answers to questions like these. Ready? Things like, why exactly am I turning to food at this moment? What's going on right now that makes me want food? Of course, this is assuming you're not feeling the physical urges of hunger. What am I feeling right now that makes me want to eat? What feeling am I hoping to numb and get away from by eating? After you've asked yourself and you're really beginning to hone in, give each emotion that you discover a name. Name it. I want you to really drill down to identify the emotion that you are feeling right at that moment. For example, don't just settle for, oh, I feel crummy or I'm just in a bad mood, but be more specific, more like, I feel disappointed that my work wasn't recognized or I'm sad my husband seems too busy for me, those kinds of things, okay? So we're going to give each emotion a name and be very specific with what we can discover about why we want to eat right now. Step two, we mentioned last week that emotions can be a trigger in and of themselves, but emotions can also be a response to some other trigger and that that leads you to turn to food for soothing. We make a mistake when we think of emotions as their own independent entity. In other words, I feel mad, so I need to address the anger. In actuality, feelings don't generally appear on their own. They're the fruit of a thought or your response to an external change. So let me say that again. Feelings don't really appear on their own, but they're the fruit, the result of either a thought or your response to some external situation, change, stimuli, anything. So another good question at this point is to ask yourself, where did this feeling come from? And this takes practice to recognize. So have grace with yourself. It's going to take time. This is going to take practice. But since this feeling is a response to something, either my own thought or maybe the way I'm interpreting something that happened, what is that source that's birthing this feeling? Did something just occur to lead to this emotion? Did I just think a thought that troubles me? Did something in my surroundings just change and lead to this emotion? Do I have an unmet expectation? Again, we're trying to discern whether the emotion came from a thought or from another trigger, such as how you interpret a circumstance or event. 
Okay, so as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the emotion itself could be the trigger that makes you want to grab for food, or the emotion can be the response to another trigger, like something in the environment or your surroundings or in a relationship or a thought you had. So just like in step one, we want to be as specific and precise as possible in identifying this. It's only going to help you. The more care you take and the more specific you are, the better off this exercise will work for you. Now, because emotions don't usually appear for no reason, but are the fruit of a thought, an expectation, maybe a disappointment or many other things, emotions in themselves aren't usually what we want to target and fix. Does that make sense? So we're not going after the fruit of the situation. We want to get at the root. We want to address the triggers or the underlying expectations, underlying thoughts and desires that caused the emotions that then led to emotional eating. Of course, this could be different and probably is going to be different most of the time, every eating occasion, every temptation to eat, or there could be an overarching longer term issue that continually or repeatedly makes you want to reach for food. And so that is what we want to target in that circumstance. Now, of course, as a believer in Christ, well, there's one place that we want to go to first and primarily that always has true help for us, right? You know it. So step three is very important. Let's find out how God ministers to these feelings through his word because he does. Now, this doesn't mean cavalierly throwing scriptures at a feeling and expecting it to be gone. What it does mean is that we want to look for the ways that God actually ministers to you in these areas and helps his children in their time of need, which he promises to do. God is the comforter. Remember that. 2 Corinthians 1 3 and 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So God is our source of comfort, our consolation. He has the compassion He has the help for all our troubles. There are many scriptures that address our human experiences, and God's a compassionate, sympathetic God who provides help and mercy for us when we need it. That's what scripture says. We turn to him and we receive his mercy and his help in our time of need. This help is available for you. So take the time and make the effort to search for these treasures in Christ it will certainly be time well spent, far better than working on this guide sheet, anything else, far better than listening to this podcast, is taking the time and the effort to seek God as the solution of your troubles. Let's seek Him for this help and comfort. And really, with these promises as given, why start anywhere else? There's nothing better. Again, finding the help you need for emotional eating, it's likely going to take more than a quick prayer or reading a passage that you haven't spent time studying previously, what you're looking to do is to allow the Holy Spirit to use God's word to remodel your heart, to minister to your hurts, to get your focus on him 
and his fullness of hope and and rejoicing in him. This takes intentionality and it takes complete dependence on the Lord for help. And he is faithful and never fails us. And that means also spending the time searching out God's given answers during the times that you aren't wanting the food right now, right? Those are the moments that's a little more challenging. And we're going to talk about that in our last week of this podcast series. But shore up your heart now with God's love and hope so it really is readily available when you need it at that moment of temptation. So that was step three. And step four, discover new and better ways to deal with or express your emotions than habitually and mindlessly always running to food as a solution. Again, I'm not just tossing out this idea like it's simple and quick. I really, I know that that's not the case, but it is something that you'll want to discover and work on. In the meantime, be thinking about these things. You should try to let yourself feel the actual emotion instead of just stuffing it or ignoring it or telling yourself it's not a valid way to feel, who says, feel what you feel, feel your feelings. If they're coming from a sinful heart, then you need to deal with that in repentance and faith and cleansing. But the emotions in and of themselves, let yourself be real about them, not allowing yourself to recognize your feelings. It doesn't make them go away. It just kind of builds up this nondescript bad feeling that then we often turn to food to numb. Then when trying to determine whether you need a new response to your emotions, ask yourself, will eating this food in this moment change the situation or the thought that's brought on that feeling? I think you know the answer to that. Is food have that much power? Will food change the situation or the thought or even the feeling? Now, Food is a poor solution for anything but what? Hunger, as we said last week. It's a great solution for actual hunger, but that's it. That's the only problem food solves. When you're eating to deal with emotions, it's probably going to do nothing but add more negative emotions after, right? You've probably experienced that already and didn't need me to tell you that. Um, So what's a better option for handling this emotion? What will truly address the underlying trigger or perspective, or expectation that's blossomed into this feeling. Now, in part four of the series, again, we'll talk more about specific ideas for solutions. But in the meantime, I just kind of wanted to have you thinking about this and mulling over this concept and seeing what solutions you come up with for yourself in the meantime. That's going to be more valuable than something given to you as a solution. If you come up with your own solutions, that can be far more effective. But be warned, you don't want to just substitute eating with another non-effective solution. You don't want to substitute numbing your emotions with food with numbing them with alcohol, drugs, shopping, TV, sex, whatever. That's not dealing with anything. It just kind of kicks the can down the street a little further. Let's walk through an example putting this all together right after this quick break. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. Welcome back. 
I wanted to put everything together that I've talked about so far and that we're learning today into an example. Sometimes it's just easier to put the pieces together if I can tell it in the story. And you can see how it works this way. Ready? Let's go. Here's my example. I finish work for the day and I finally get home. After a quick dinner together, my husband goes off to the garage to work on his car. It's his hobby. He enjoys doing it and he's had a hard day too. Well, I go turn on the TV and throughout the evening, I just pull out multiple snacks as I'm sitting there in front of the TV. But here's what I can do that's a little bit better. Before eating that snack, I look for physical signs of hunger. Hmm, no, I, I'm not, my stomach's not growling. I actually don't feel like I need food at all. I'm pretty satisfied from my dinner, but I still want to eat that snack. Well, now at this point, I'm just going to stop. Stop. I'm going to open up my guide through emotional eating and I'm going to start to work through it and question myself and what's going on. And that will take about a good 10 minutes. Now, when I get to the emotion prompts in that guide, I realize, you know what? I'm actually feeling lonely and I'm, I'm disappointed that my husband would rather be with his car than with me. I'm turning to food and TV to numb and escape this awful feeling. So next, I try and think, well, what does God's word say? What, what does God provide for comfort and help? So I remember that God is the God of all comfort. And what does he say about loneliness since I've identified it specifically? I can be honest in prayer to the Lord, just like the psalmist were. And I can say, turn to me and be gracious to me for I'm lonely and afflicted, it says in Psalm 26. I can remember that God gave the body of Christ to comfort one another. And I can think, oh yeah, I need to work on developing some godly friendships, one or two with some faithful women that will be able to walk alongside me and allow me to be really honest with them during these struggles. I can remember that God told Adam it's not good for man to be alone and then gave him a wife. Hmm. If God provided spouses, that was the first thing he provided for loneliness. Well, Maybe I need to go talk with my husband and ask him if we can discuss what I'm feeling and work toward a solution together. I can read many scriptures to remember that God is near to me right now. He has not left me alone. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And he is always for me. Well, already at this point, my heart and mind are being renewed. And my focus is now not so much on wanting to eat or even on my lonely feelings, my temporal problem, I'm starting to feel hope as I look to God for answers and help. Well, now I want to think of some other things to do when I feel lonely, other than turning to food. I already thought of a couple, such as develop a friendship or two, uh, work on a plan with my husband for a mutually beneficial schedule, but you know, maybe I need to think of how I can serve someone else. Maybe there's a hobby I can do that I can really enjoy and I don't have to have guilt about it because my husband's waiting to spend time with me. I can read a book that I've been wanting to, etc. So this is just an example of how to walk through these four steps to get to the emotions that are driving you to eat, as well as some practical ways to deal with them. So to put it all together, again, we had four steps in dealing with this. First, of course, we're always going to stop and say, do I even sense physical cues of hunger? And if the answer is yes, I'm enjoying the food God gave me with Thanksgiving. And I'm going to 
fully enjoy it and pay attention to it and experience it in the way that he intended. But if I'm not sensing any signs of hunger, then I just need to stop to take the time, pull out that guide through emotional eating and work through the blocks there. I'm taking at least 10 minutes to work thoughtfully through these prompts. And remember, remember, this stopping alone is a huge win when you have a habit of emotional eating. Huge win. Congratulations on that. Now, next, after identifying the motives and triggers like we discussed last week, you're going to continue on in your guide and you're going to ask yourself questions to identify the underlying emotions that are triggering your desire to eat or are the result of other triggers. You're going to look for situations or environmental changes, thoughts that affected your feelings, maybe conflicts, etc. And then try to actually name the feeling or emotion that you discover and be as specific as you can. Third, we're starting with God's word and prayer. He truly does minister to these emotions and hurts with his comfort, his love, his hope, his grace. And then fourth, we're going to begin to discover new ways of dealing with our emotions and more effective ways to improve what's underlying the emotion. What is that trigger that needs addressing the thought, the situation? And we want to direct those activities towards that instead of just trying to soothe an emotion. Okay? So as mentioned throughout this series, I'm offering you that free resource called The Guide Through Emotional Eating. It's yours for the taking. You can download your copy at CherylSharko.com slash emotional eating or use the link in the show notes. Come back next week for part three of the Overcoming Emotional Eating series. And in the meantime, remember as always, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. I'll see you next time. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.